0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Aaron Rodgers looking for Devontae Adams. who has got it! DJ
0: Moore has a pass to the end zone! Jonathan Taylor! Touchdown!
2: hello and welcome back to road of his overtime on road of his radio my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland and of course i'm joined by my co-host of this sean siegel this is another bonus edition of the road of his ot podcast talking some i guess non-football content i know we've snuck some football content through over the uh, first three of these that we've done but it's still been kind of on the outside outskirts of what we normally talk about but looking forward to today's show sean we did a couple of these the listeners give us a lot of positive feedback it was really good to get that but um telling the truth i probably said at this point that we recorded the three previous shows and we've kind of been looking to get back to do another one or two here because uh it was so enjoyable for us to talk through some of the stuff so um, looking forward to these so thanks again to everyone who gave the positive feedback to kind of push us to to realize that people might want to hear more about us but uh, also that uh, we get to talk again. Uh, it's always fun.
3: It is and one of the things that we're going to do is give uh, some quotes. I enjoyed that the last time it's always sort of fun to share you know language that has made uh, even if it's just a small impact, on your live things that are interesting from a from a words perspective and then also give a few more sort of show recommendations and Colin I think I'll start off with one there we had the good recommendation of Berlin Station a while back and for anyone looking for that I think the place that you can find it is on epics I've got apple plus right now to watch Ted last on I've been kind of making my way through some of the other shows but the funny thing is, you know, you get into HBO Max or Apple Plus or you know, just the, the variety of things that you can find on Hulu or, or Amazon Prime. And very quickly, you do get to the point where you're like, okay, well, I've, I've sort of watched what I want. And one of the things that then you get pulled into are links to more subscriptions that add on a little bit here, a little bit there until you're up in the two, three, four hundred dollars 400 a month range. It starts <laughs> to be a little bit silly. But I was pulled in by the Epic's free trial because they also have the Shore Condor on there, which is a TV version of, and, and very, very different, obviously updated for the current time frame and, and things we're going through right now. But as a remake of the old uh, Robert Redford movie, I think Three Days of the Condor, And so pull it up, watch that, had a lot of fun with it. I think that some of these spy thrillers can be, I mean, obviously they're fun, right? And so watch that. And then it's sort of started season two. So we're early on in season two there. Unfortunately, it doesn't all come out at once. But then the other sort of spy thriller that they have on Epics, which has been highly recommended and finally got a chance to watch is the show Deep State which again another spy thriller sort of MI6 CIA working together you know pulling off a false flag operation and then some of their rogue operatives trying to thwart it and obviously protect the citizens of the world there are a lot of false flag um, attacks in these spy thrillers and obviously MI6 the CIA are not necessarily portrayed as being paragons of virtue but obviously we have heroes who are out there fighting for the world as well and these are a lot of fun well done and so anyone who has uh, some sort of streaming service where they can get a sort of a, a week free trial to epics they might want to do that
2: yeah some good shows there the one that um, I'm really tempted to dive into and you reminded me of of there when you said where it's not coming out all in one go and that is uh I, I don't know if you watched the original series of dexter sean but um i was a big fan of the opening kind of probably four to five seasons it kind of tailed off about then but uh dexter new blood is out at the moment and i've been actually reaching out to uh, scott fish who is also kind of along the very similar timelines of myself around the dexter series and how it worked out and how it played out so i've been trying to check in with him to see is it you know worth diving into it he's said he was very impressed so far but um he has said that it's week at a time i might want to wait to you know stream it just out of interest sean when we're on the stream and kind of binge versus week by week we obviously for i guess the opening (laughs) portion of our life it was always just week by week you didn't have any options then we got into the streaming world and you can kind of binge watch some of these shows which is your preferred way to watch these shows is it week by week and think i enjoy sometimes thinking through the week of what might happen and then seeing what happens at the the next juncture but sometimes when that episode ends it's you know it's nice to just click to see what starts playing in the next episode
3: yeah you want to make progress right you don't want to wait a week then you lose a little bit of your momentum i can understand why they do it that way uh, even in the streaming environment right because you drop the entire season all at once you get a lot of reviews you get a lot of mention on social media and people talk about your show for a couple days a week, what have you. And then that tends to die down. And so, I mean, you release them once a week. If the show is good, then you continue to get those mentions kind of throughout the year, which can be, I think, very helpful as they try and build kind of the business element of this. Obviously, if we like our shows, you know, we do want them to succeed financially because that means we'll get more seasons. And so, you can understand from that perspective. I like to watch it all at once. I was very excited about the new season of Dexter. And then I realized number one, Showtime is really basically the only thing I currently don't have access to one way or another. (laughs) And number two, it's going to come out weekly, like you said. So that dampened down the enthusiasm a little bit. Yeah, Dexter was absolutely fantastic. Column, I liked it all the way until the end. And, you know, I, I don't
2: Do you mean all the way to the very end where the ending happened or all the way towards the end of the last Until like
3: 20 minutes left, (laughs) right? Where, I mean...
2: The end really let me down.
3: Deb is is one of the the all-time great characters, I think. I mean, in many ways, she's the star of the show. And so, I mean, not to give too much away, but for it not to work out for her and for it not to work out for her in a way that seemed very contrived was... That was a disappointment. So obviously the last 20, 30 minutes of the final episode of the original Dexter was such a disaster that it is up there on all of the lists of the worst finale of all time. I would say that it is competitive with Lost. It is competitive with Battlestar Galactica, which I always like to put up there because Battlestar was fantastic. The last couple seasons, already not nearly as good, but the last episode, again, I throw this out there from time to time. I know people aren't that interested, but... The last 30 minutes of Battlestar would suggest that the people writing the show didn't understand what the show was about at all. So that's (laughs) always a problem if it's your serious finale. But yeah, I mean, very excited to have Dexter back. Michael C. Hall is is extraordinary. And uh, the show does a lot of interesting things and was very dynamic always from a story perspective
2: yeah no absolutely fantastic i I really did love it and maybe my interpretation of it over the years since uh, you know that final season maybe that ending off the last episode is what has maybe hurt it more for me and i might be exaggerating as to which point but you know season three season four season five i think are some of the best seasons of tv that i've watched but um yeah the the ending um really did let it down there so uh so far very positive things about the new season but maybe sean what we need to do there is uh wait until the all the episodes right get yourself the week trial and then binge watch it so you know that can be another way around that so um the other show that i wanted to mention that we have mentioned time to time on the show you did touch on ted lasso there we might save that for another day because we've mentioned that a couple of times but it was absolutely fantastic but Afterlife um, with Ricky Gervais was one of my favorite shows um, in recent memory, uh, season three of that. The trailer dropped recently. So really excited um, for that to come out, those first two seasons. Um, in terms of like emotional investment in characters, um, it probably was up there for me uh, over the last kind of two to three years. I think being released in the pandemic as well is probably something that uh, added to that uh, and those feelings. But um really excited to see season three
3: with afterlife the real triumph was being able to get so much funny material and in many cases darkly funny but you know laugh out loud hilarious kind of mixed in with this intense sense of mourning and the tonal shifts very successful in the show and to have a comedy that that really is you know about death and, and getting beyond that it's very difficult and they do extremely well column i did want to ask you though this may be one where you guys get it earlier than we do i think maybe afterlife gets an earlier release there and so i'll have to check i, I want to watch that as soon as it comes out but that may be something where we have to to wait for here a little bit in america
2: Hello there, Column Kelly here, co-host of the Road of His Overtime podcast. I just want to take a moment to let you know, as a loyal Road of His podcast listener, you can save yourself ten percent off a Road of His NFL pass. All you have to do is head on over to rotaviz.com, add the subscription to your basket and add the promo code RVRADIO2022 at checkout. That'll get you 10% off it'll get you access to all of our content and tools. And of course, set you up for success in all your 2022 fantasy football rosters. That code is RVRADIO2022. I hope you enjoy the
0: podcast. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate
1: That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
2: Sean, this isn't a question submitted by a listener, but it was something that came up towards one of our ends of one of our recent uh, recordings and it was around the topic i don't know how we got to the topic but it was around driver's licenses and and you mentioned that you're based in arizona so the driver's license i think you mentioned doesn't have to be updated very regularly or maybe not at all so in ireland for example when you get your driver's license i believe it's a 10-year kind of a, a redo so um i've got mine a couple of times now but um you mentioned that you have long hair in that uh, driver's license i was wondering if there's how, how long has your hair been short and how long was your hair long and is there a backstory to long-haired sean siegel
3: i don't know if there's a backstory but just you know you you want to be a, a different person from time to time right and so you've got to change it up and, you, and you've got to go after it too it's not like an inch or two here or there is going to make a big difference my driver's license column expires in 2040 and so in 2040 I'm going to be a short-haired old man and my driver's license <laughs> is going to have this picture on it
2: as we're listening Sean is trying to show me the picture oh that there that's a picture that that should be your uh, twitter profile picture if you ever do return to to twitter uh, very impressive uh, for the listeners but um that is quite that's not just long hair that's that's quite a a mane that you have there
3: it is even even with the hair short
2: it's all it's getting close to try (laughs) palomato
3: yeah so i mean you've got to work to get that to keep that thing clean yeah it uh even now with the short hair you know going through with the the razor just shaving it off i mean it's it's a lot so um something to be grateful for right
2: was that part of the was that part of the tennis look at the time or
3: no this is this is post tennis this is post uh, coaching tennis it was sort of right after that and that's probably a little bit of it when i did decide to embark on a different direction after coaching college tennis for 5 years you know your life changes it's a big change because uh, being in charge of something that was cool that was a lot of fun that created a bunch of meaningful relationships that you know i still have um, to then sort of go and be out there doing some people would say nothing being unemployed right (laughs) doing some uh, freelance writing and and that kind of thing it's it's a big difference and so I moved out to to New York for a couple of years and spent that time hanging out with my brother doing some different things got into got into some of the things that eventually started in with the fantasy football and it was sort of toward the the tail end of the time there in New York where the hair started to get pretty long and then Brought that back to Arizona for a few years, went with it as long as I could. And then when people uh, were very communicative that they didn't care for it, I finally got rid of it. (laughs) (laughs) That that
2: tends to happen. Somebody says something to you and all of a sudden you change your mind. But
3: You have too many people who are just sort of random individuals who offer to give you a haircut. And you're like, well, (laughs) maybe we need to go in a different direction
2: um for for uh the listeners as well um maybe some people have seen it on twitter um i have uh over the nfl season here uh growing out a beard it's something that i have not really had i've had different facial hair at different points in, in my life but never to the extent i have now uh, after i think i've mentioned this maybe on i don't know if i mentioned it on the show but after the packers got obliterated by the saints in week one i kind of felt bad for myself so maybe didn't groom as much as I, I should have that week and then week two they win week three they win and then i'm like maybe maybe there's something linked here so it's been growing since um so this is the longest i've ever uh, had a beard so we'll see how long it lasts maybe it'll last all the way through to the super bowl here when when Aaron Rodgers rogers picks up that super bowl mvp for the the packers but
3: it's absolutely fantastic too column. i mean it looks it looks gorgeous there. It's so much better than mine. The perfect thickness. You got a little bit of reddish uh, hue to it. My question, though, is, I mean, it seems like it should have been cut when Aaron Rodgers went on the, the COVID list and admitted yeah, that he was trying to sink the team.
2: That's all forgotten about now. That's all in the past. We've got to, you know, we're, we're on to Minnesota. We'll, we'll take the, the Belichick line. Uh, we've got the, the Vikings this week. But, yeah, it's amazing between i i haven't heard much about ben Roethlisberger and his situation i know we're not talking about the uh we're not talking nfl really on this one but there was a lot less talk around that um than there was around around rogers but when we get to the hair situation too sean uh this only reminded me of this when you were talking about like back back when your hair was longer but through my kind of late teenage years i was quite often spotted with uh like i don't know what you uh, it might be called like peroxide but you know like bleach blonde uh it was kind of that time of it was a, a strange time in the world where you know men with bleach blonde tips in their hair was a kind of a, a popular thing <laughs> when the boy bands were doing it so i had quite a few years like that but i also tended to um try different colors at a, a different a few different <laughs> colors and, and and at different times i remember at one point having red i had blue and at one point and then uh, mainly blonde though stuck to the blonde so we both have slightly different uh, hair stories but maybe that's why my hairline is receding now is too much uh, hair color in it as a, a younger person
3: yeah it sounds like you and, and kirsten cinema are are in there with the, <laughs> the fancy outfits so we'll uh we'll hope that your approach to things is maybe a little bit more consistent um Colin, I'm distracted now. I, I'm thinking of you with the, this bright pink hair and this never this got pink beard. Just, so yeah, pink green. Uh.
2: Maybe you know what the the end goal could be? Die in my beard uh, multiple colors could be the end goal. Here we'll see what we'll see what happens when we get to 2022. But Sean, it kind of ties it together. Um, to one of the questions submitted by a listener, he mentioned about and we've mentioned it already on this episode. The tennis, you've mentioned that in some of these past conversations we've had but um he thought it would be interesting if we shared maybe some of our uh kind of previous i guess work life college experience i guess prior to fantasy football um so i'll i'll go first because i sometimes i do get people ask questions about like fantasy football in general so um i still work as a a full-time role and i guess i don't know what I work in a full-time job outside of fantasy football as well as kind of working an almost full-time job in fantasy football so my background um, has been quite varied and something that I think the listeners might find interesting is um, when I was young when I was growing up my uh, parents owned a for people in Ireland we were called a pub or a bar so like some people might call the local watering hole for example but my youth growing up until I was 17 years old we lived above the premises where the the bar was, so as a kind of teenager, I would have often worked in the in the family business and um, even things like doing my homework while serving customers and things like that. So that was my opening part of my background prior to um, you know where I am now. But I've worked in pretty much customer service roles uh, my entire life. Uh, after that, I've worked in betting shops, bookmakers, kind of things like that probably similar to casinos that would be stateside um and i've also kind of just dabbled in different random customer service jobs before my current role which i'm in for for quite a, a bit of time but that's kind of where i've gone and it's interesting that pretty much all of that stuff outside of the bar stuff um happened while doing fantasy football which i started around 2013 so it's been like an interesting journey um part of that as well i, I spent time in australia <laughs> as well uh, during all that to also keep all that going but my background is mainly that in terms of jobs and qualifications what i'm actually qualified as is a personal trainer and um, so i would have done a lot of that after finishing school at like high school level and then when i finished up and moved on from there i i did courses and kind of as a lifeguard as a personal trainer a lot of stuff like that and my opening kind of jobs and roles were in leisure centers, managed a leisure center for a, a brief time in a, a gym. So uh, I've kind of had a varied background that has lots of various experiences. But the one thing I would say is that all the different experiences have given me different skills that at this point have kind of led to the roles I do now, which is is quite unique, um, I have to say.
3: Colin, the way that you're building this up for us, this sort of story that you piece together here, so growing up in a public house, working in betting and gambling, being a, a, a six 250-pound six, personal trainer, it's almost like you're hinting at this second loud. I mean, this sounds straight out of a Guy Ritchie film.
2: Yeah, I, I thought you were going to say that I sounded like a mobster or something at one point when you were building that up at the start. But uh, the one thing I will say is a lot of people, when I talk to them and maybe I meet them for maybe the first or maybe the 100th time, they often say, you never told me that before. So there's always like a weird uh, story that I have at some point. Um, so I usually, I, to be honest, there was some parts of that story that I had completely forgot. And as I was telling, I remembered them. So I kinda, one thing I try to do, which I'm not very good at is living in the moment. I'm usually looking ahead. And that also means that a lot of the time I don't look back as to what I have done. So uh, that was a fun trip down memory lane. But Sean, yourself, um, obviously we know about the tennis. But is there any other intriguing elements that you want to, to share from the listeners?
3: You know, I don't, I don't necessarily think so. Nothing that can compete <laughs> with growing up in a pub and, and and working for the gambling community and whatnot. Now, my, I mean, my background really is all in the tennis. I always kind of joke that um, as I was going through college, my uh, college tennis coach he wanted to know like what I was going to do after college he wanted to know if I was going to open up an English shop because of the English degree he thought that was hilarious and so I mean it's kind of funny in its own way that the road of is you know you might argue as a, a fantasy football English shop so you know we <laughs> <laughs> were obviously writing about about the fantasy there uh, yeah the whole idea was to become a writer and Again, I, you could say that that has kind of panned out. The sports writing mix has always sort of been there. All of the other experiences that I have are are with tennis, doing some just mild tennis coaching things during college, being a, a grad assistant as I got my master's degree, and you know do some more coaching then. And then it was this question of you know do we teach a couple of years of high school and you know hopefully publish a novel or, or get involved in some other A type of writing or go and and coach tennis and that ended up being a somewhat easy choice because coaching sports is a lot of fun you get to be there with it you get to be there with the players you get to learn a lot about them a lot about yourself one of the things that I liked about the tennis coaching is that it gives you a lot of opportunity to deploy some of these things that we talk about on Rotovis in terms of the analytics element in terms of the strategic element in terms of tactics, kind of melding a variety of things. The big thing that we always talk about with tennis is it's really this mental game, right? And so you learn a lot about yourself in terms of your ability to control your mind and your ability to to grow because, I mean, there are very few people who uh, come in and just dominate that mental area, right, to start with. Now, some of those people are are unbelievable because they really do have this, this massive edge. I had recruited a young lady in the last year that I was there who played number two for us. And she she was one of the best players out of Oklahoma. And so obviously she was very dominating in our in our conference in our region. And sort of in our final match, this this conference championship where we had been the underdogs for a long time. You know, when I came in, they didn't even have a full team. And then five years later, you know, we're taking out the heavyweights who are who are definitely not used to losing to us and so we're in the conference championship and she's out there playing number two and uh this this little freshman and I, i go and talk to her i didn't need to talk to her that much during her matches again because she was so experienced she'd been a dominant junior player since she was you know little i i would tell some people that you know i had recruited somebody who you know was top 100 in the 12s and they are like twelve-year-olds. That seems quite a bit different than college. And you're like, yeah, but if you could see like the top 100 in the country, twelve-year-olds, I mean, they could be college players now. I mean, just very, very good. Again, I mean, you've got to be able to make shots. People who have these amazing hands can make shots from when they're little. I mean, we've all seen the pictures of you know people like Andre Agassi and Venus and Serena playing when they were tiny. I mean, they were very good, right? And so, anyway, I go up to the fence and kind of ask her how she's doing. Just you know, chat for a moment as I'm on the way to talk to players who maybe are going to need a little bit more in the way of encouragement or tactics or what have you. And you know she asked me about this uh, young woman that she's playing and uh, I'm like, yeah, she's a senior. This is, you know, this is her last year or whatever. And she's like, oh, you know, I, I love taking down seniors. <laughs> <laughs> and she did win the match, you know, somewhat handily. and And we went on, we were able to win that conference title and and that was obviously a big deal for for our school and our team and and all those kinds of things and so anyway that that journey was was great it was very hard as i sort of mentioned earlier to leave that and go on and and do some other things but yeah it's been a a journey of sports and writing and you know we'll see where it goes from here but rotaviz has been real blessing and it's a lot of fun to interact with people on this idea not just of analytics but also that there is this strategic side to fantasy i think it's overlooked a lot of times
2: yeah it's pretty cool and like i mentioned like tying things together it's amazing that like a lot of people probably do a lot of things throughout their life where they don't take anything from it um in terms of like they don't pick up a skill of any kind like i've had jobs where i really disliked them and did not want to be there anymore. But at the same time, there was a lot of things that you learn you learn along the way that you take forward. And you even mentioned like the mental side of tennis. There's a lot of like there's life's a mental game at the same time of like taking those tough times, make it like again, like I said, I should be better at this, appreciate and then when times maybe aren't as tough when you're moving forward. But that kind of felt like it brought us up, Sean, to pretty close to maybe a a zero rb origin story and that's a question that has been been sent in so we are going to end today's episode there and that may be an episode that needs a full episode of its own the other thing we mentioned on today's show is my background in a pub we may have to talk about some irish pub drinks in the next episode so we will do another one of these um very very shortly hopefully you are enjoying them this is the fourth one i believe if you haven't heard them they are up on the road overtime feed they are usually these ones have come out on sundays but um hopefully you will enjoy them have a listen as always drop us a written interview in your favorite podcast app we appreciate that greatly and of course if you want to sign up for an nfl pass on rotoviz.com you can save yourself 10 percent as a loyal podcast listener use the code rbradio 2021 at checkout or go to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information that is going to bring it to an end of this special edition of RotoViz Overtime. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at martin My co host is Sean Siegel. You can check out Sean's great work up on rotaviz.com. If you have listened to this point, I probably should have mentioned this a minute or two ago, but if you have any questions for future editions of shows like this, send them my way as well. We'll try and use some of the best on some upcoming podcasts. And until we're back with another show, have a good one.